You're listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, the place to be to explore what it means to run an online business when you don't always align with the status quo. I'm your host, Meike Sang, the sustainable visibility mentor, certified trauma sensitive leadership coach, and podcast guesting strategy trainer. And I'm here to remind you that contrary to what we're taught to believe, you don't always have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. Because if anything, we stand out and make an even deeper difference when we stand up for what we believe in and share who we're supporting along the way. So if you'd like to join me and my guests as we venture into these pretty nuanced conversations where we choose to find the meaning in the messy middles of our entrepreneurial journey, then let me welcome you into the quiet rebellion. Let's get started. Before we jump into today's episode, I do want to share a contextual trigger warning that there are some parts of today's episode where my guests and I have shared stories with our experiences of being on the receiving end of racism and aggression. So if for any reason these topics are of a tender nature to you, I invite you to be gentle with yourself if you do decide to listen. So take a moment for yourself and decide. And if you choose to stay with us, then I'm incredibly honored to share this episode with you today. Let's go. Hello, wonderful Quiet Rebels. Today's episode, I feel, is just something that all of us have been crossing our fingers hoping would come on somewhere because it's so needed. And this is a topic around how can we really address our content and have that be informed by what's going on in the world like how can we be responsive not necessarily reactive especially when there are sensitive issues happening around the world especially if we're not experts in those issues it can be so tempting for us to kind of like keep silent because we don't know what to say we don't want to cause harm and that could spark a reaction in our audience thinking that we're silencing ourselves and therefore our audience. And on the flip side, if we start saying something without being well-informed about the topic at hand, it can just come across the wrong way. So it's like, okay, we want to help, but how do we help? And so that is why I'm super, super glad that I have my dear friend as uh, Sasha Sloshberg on the podcast today, because we're going to be talking about how we can navigate sensitive topics via our content. She is the founder of Good Marketing, and she's a brand messaging and lead generation strategist. So Sasha, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Hello, thank you. My thoughts are already worrying from all the things you said in the intro. All right. Okay. I remember actually, um, I think you had a like three-part masterclass or something. And I remember this was one of the topics and I was just like glued to the screen <laughs> when you were speaking. I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, like I want to help, but I don't know how to help. So I would love to first like take it, take a step back before we get into all the goods and actually just like ask you, how did you get into this work in the first place? And how have you kind of like grown into this position where you do help others um, like ourselves in online business, like just to really craft content that is so resonant for our audience. And of course, um, helps to build that trust that we know is essential in order for them to consider working with us. So tell us how you got into it, like, and why good marketing? You know, it's it's so funny. The there's a part in there that I don't think I've ever covered. Like the basic story of how good marketing came to exist is Jonathan, my my husband, my partner, he and I 
met waiting tables as actors in LA and we worked together at four jobs. We'd each find a better job and bring the other person. But ultimately, if you're an actor and you're waiting tables in LA, that is, I I can only describe it as soul sucking. (laughs) And it's so hard because you're doing this thing because you're creative and you need the finances covered. So we're like, there has to be a better way. Now, there were many, many, I mean, just the typical entrepreneurial journey. It wasn't like some, and now we've solved it, right? We've figured out everything, but that is how we ended up as digital marketers together. Um, And we became good marketing because most of the people who acquired the very strange specific skill set that we've acquired, most people are almost, they become like mercenary marketers. They just sell things online. They run ads, they do traffic strategies and they just sell generally things like how to make money or how to make a business online. But the success rate for all those things is not, it's just, it's not commensurate with the revenue you can generate doing that, which I guess that's the idea of business for most people as well. You create something and you sell it. But for us, the thing has to work for other people. Because of the way that we learned our skill set, uh, there was such a high failure rate for people. I'll, I'll try to be more clear. We ended up working for another man, uh, this entrepreneur. He would make large deals behind the scenes with multi-level marketing companies. We would come right. up with the entire strategy to generate thousands of leads so he could build a team really quickly. Um and at one point, we did this for seven verticals at once because he had this down to a science and was just going to sell off the actual branded vertical. So you're talking blog with SEO optimized content, social strategy. You've nailed your ideal client avatar so that they could be sold. I mean, the whole thing. So he also used some tactics that we just didn't agree with. He utilized fear-based marketing, mm-hmm. um, pain points, and all those things that can cause such a quick emotional reaction to rile up your people, um, whether you want to rile them up politically um, to unite them behind something or just either way. He utilized a lot of the traditional marketing techniques um, that I don't agree with and that I I have found are not actually necessary. So when we began working with our own clients, we first started with holistic businesses because those are the ones that we were already freelancing, our birth center, our chiropractor. We were doing various marketing, web work, et cetera, for them. So, but we were accepting clients out of niche. So then we decided um, to expand. And at 3 a.m., the idea of good marketing came to me. Good with <laughs> two U's. I was like, one U? Jonathan is like, two U's. So that's how good because we work with clients doing good things in the world. We have, we can act and we can generate leads, but we don't have our own like beautiful vision for some other organic thing that needs to be sold, right? So instead, we're utilizing the skill for people doing good things because we've seen how powerful it is to use it um, in ways that aren't necessarily spreading anything good or truly causing other people to benefit. So that is the, and that's also why I learned, you know, how to talk about challenging things on social because our boss did a really good job of it, just not in a way that I agreed with. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I don't see anybody else out there showing anybody how to. So I created that masterclass just purely on a whim almost two years ago now. And it's still something that people reference, um, which is so interesting to me. 
Yeah, I reference it to my clients as well because um, we we talk about how we can be sustainably visible, right? That's the whole premise of my incubator mentorship. And there are times when you know there's something big that's happening in the world, and it's like, oh, what what do we do? And then I I reference them to your master because I'm like, I'm not the expert with this, but Sasha is. <laughs> so, reference yeah. to, to the masterclass, and I can so resonate with you as well with working with someone who's very good at marketing but in a way that just makes you makes your insides just go like oh like oh I mean now I remember that there's a particular phrase I hear and it genuinely makes me viscerally quite sick actually like I this reaction did not used to be the case I used to be like oh that feels uncomfortable but now when I hear the words oh twist a knife Oh, oh, yeah. Oh like that one, um, I was a part of a retreat that was around um, visibility. And um, that's when I was a participant. I wasn't um, the one running it. And when um, the guests were coming in to uh, critique pitches, they kept saying this to every single person who submitted the pitch. And I had to leave my laptop because I just I I couldn't sit in my seat because that's how much it caused a visceral reaction in my body. And I'm like, okay, there's another way to do this, right? And that's not necessary, like you said. So I'm curious, like, because you've seen how it ca- could be done in a way that's like so against your personal values, how did you start developing um, your current strategies that you help have your clients with now um, where their content still works, but it doesn't require that twisting the knife sort of like, right. <laughs> like strategy. So it's so, and I've only recently gotten, you know, so much of, of this ties into how, to what you work with your clients on, but I've only recently gotten more comfortable in, in speaking about some of the content and business related things. Because if I say you don't need pain points, that kind of flies against every classic copywriting strategy yes <laughs> so I had to like go. I'm a trained copywriter so I'm like then what do we exactly exactly it's like I have email series and all the things where I utilized all of them and it felt very I would say cheesy when I would write them because I'm like oh does this, this do we really need this and it does work and there are, I actually wrote, I, I pre-wrote some emails to go out for next month. And one of the things that I spoke about was the idea that really, unless you're doing direct mail for like durable medical equipment, I don't think the buyer needs pain points. Mm. Unless it's something that's so very, look, you might injure yourself. <laughs> like it's actually a literal thing, perhaps. But what I'm finding works better is, is, and this ties into like a social content strategy as well. When you scroll through somebody, like you find somebody you like and you look at all their pictures, but you're absorbing what they're saying. And so the words that people use make the reader feel a certain way. And it's generally not intentional. So I was auditing once somebody's social and the visuals were so beautiful. Um, And she's a transformation coach, but everything she was talking about was the before. So it was a lot of words like frustrated, overwhelmed, depressed. And even though the photo, she's like, you know, I don't understand. It's like, well, when you read them back to back to back to back, all these words are making you feel down and not empowered to action. Now, I do understand that on a sales page, the pain points are just the first part, right? It's it's make them feel and then, but surprise, you have the solution. But 
just the same as how you hearing twist the knife, you feel that mm. so many buyers. And especially I would think for the people you work with and the people I work with are, are getting smarter. So they feel it and they see it and they know yeah. it's not, they know that it makes them feel a certain way. And so sometimes people might buy despite that or book a call despite that. But what I find more often than not is that still utilizing the pain points tends to disempower if you, it tends to disempower the buyer. So if then they're more likely, like I find in my own, in our own sales page, um, I nearly fell off my desk chair once because I had gone into click, we use click funnels and I'd gone into click funnels and I look at, and for some reason there's a new header on the top of it that I don't know who put it there. I think Jonathan was just like, oh, this needs to change. And it was like, are you tired of your social media not working? It wasn't that bad, but I was like, what is, what is this? Because anybody who comes to us because they need their socials not working or they need help um, tends to be in a very specific position in their business. Whereas somebody else, if we're showing awareness, right. But talking more about perhaps the messaging, the brand messaging, the content strategy, and what becomes possible from that. Fundamentally, there's a lot of the same work, but it brings a different sort of a buyer. So the, it's the, what I'm saying in the most roundabout way possible is that instead of pain points, what I find works really well is awareness points. Instead of making them, taking them through this manipulative process, instead showing them that you're fully aware of what they're going through and that you even know the root cause of it and you have the solution. It's a much more comforting um, process and you're still getting to the same end result just in a very different way. Mm, I'm already feeling a, a, a very big difference where the pain points is kind of like, hey, this is what's wrong with you. Um, and like, you you have to buy this or else. It's that kind yeah. of feeling. But what you're saying here, the the awareness stuff is like, hey, I know what you're going through. You're not alone in this. And if you'd like, we have an option for you to help you with that. It's exactly. a very different <laughs> approach. And um, it's, it's such a subtle shift as well, but it can make a world of a difference. So thank you for sharing the alternative. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Because, um, for the longest time, I think that's really why I really struggled, um, kind of identifying as a copywriter because I didn't fully agree with all of the strategy. I I understood that they worked, but I also cared about why they worked, you know? Exactly. And that's why I want to give a shout out to uh, my friend and my mentor, Ry Schwartz as well, because he's the founder of this coaching, the conversion process, which is about empowering the buyer to make a decision, not the decision to buy but a decision just kind of like helping them get off that decision making fence basically and that felt like oh gosh that's the antidote thank goodness and so I love that you know you have a slightly different antidote but of course it's in the same camp <laughs> yes yes I really like I really like Ryan and his work yeah oh yeah I know that we're like in the same circles <laughs> yeah so oh, that's really good to know that, you know, how your approach has changed through, you know, lived experience and just trying to testing out alternatives and you found something that's worked. And so now I want to really um, switch gears here and actually move into why we're having this conversation in the first place. So you and I know that there have been huge worldwide events that have impacted all of us in various degrees, in various ways. And during those times, it can feel like, oh, it can't business as usual right because if we are then we come across as like 
we don't care at all what's happening but we also know that our business needs to keep running so um I'm curious when you made this masterclass like two years ago which I'm sure that um, everyone who's listening is like what's this masterclass to talk about please give us a link <laughs> uh, like we'll, we'll talk about that at the end <laughs> no worries we got you quite well um yeah so h- how did you like start to kind of like hold the space for this conversation when we start navigating that because there's no clear like how to linear process because these are very nuanced conversations so I'm just curious like how did you kind of step into that role yeah I would say I mean well do you mean personally or to be in a place to go I'll create a master class on this um both <laughs> so you yes. can start with one personally okay and then we can go to the stepping in <laughs> yeah I mean it's 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 so interesting there was so much that came up for me to be able to say anything at all especially since I'd spent years working for somebody with differing beliefs in so many ways and so I knew that my audience has always been very so I'm in the U.S. and two-party system and so my audience has always been been pretty much split in half, which is not normal. Most people's audience is very one-sided or another, but for us having been, you know, coming from LA as actors, that's one bubble. Um, But then the online niche that we worked in was another bubble. So for us to say anything either way felt, um, we knew that it was going to cause conflict. Whereas some people, right. we have family members, they post something and it's an echo chamber and everybody's supportive. We knew that wouldn't be the case for us. So there was additional layers of, is this worth it? Am I ready for this? And all of that. Yeah. Um, but in the case of, of what really started to, what really kicked it off for me for needing, like when I could no longer just not say anything was Ahmad Arbery. Now, because the thing for me is, is that when Trayvon Martin had been killed in 2000, uh, I'm not sure the year now, I want to say 2007, but it was pro- might've been 2009 or 11. Either way, whenever that was, I changed my profile photo, all of that. And I was just, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Um, but I didn't know what to say. So all I did, and I'd, and I'd come across it on Twitter. So nobody else was talking about it yet. And I literally did not know what to say, but needed to say something. So all I did was I just posted a status update on Facebook, just with his name, literally just his name, because that's all I could say. I just needed to acknowledge it. And I did it in one of the color quote boxes. So people Mm -hmm. that knew commented and it kind of a conversation started Um, but then it was obviously pandemic and I was also pregnant and I am, (laughs) I have, and I don't mean this in a, uh, whatever I have like saint like levels of patience and I, and I, but, and that's not like a self-descriptive thing. That's what other people say. I have so many kids and work from home and all the things I have a ton of patience. However, with the pandemic and pregnancy, pregnancy, the patience goes, I'm just in, I'm just a normal mortal level of patience when I'm pregnant. So pregnant <laughs> pandemic, Ahmad Arbery and then George Floyd. And it was just like, I'm done. I'm done. Something has to, something has to be. So my own personal capacity to not say anything was shot. So then it became well, what do I say if I don't know what to say? What am I comfortable saying? How can I show up and create this conversation when not only am I not an expert, um, but there are so many people with sound bites who who think they are experts. So it wasn't just the consideration of what do I say? It's 
am I ready to deal with all of these inevitabilities? Because I don't know, can, can, does, is everybody else able to predict how people will respond to things like how their audience will or won't respond? Um, I, I don't know, but I know that I could. So how, how could I do that? And so it was a combination. The answer is a combination of, you know, I guess the strategy piece that I would talk about in the masterclass. So when, when I created the masterclass, it was just, okay, I see a lot of people are not doing this or are silent because they don't know what to do. So here, here's, you know, here's three steps to doing it. This is what, uh, this is just what works. And then the other piece would be having that, that support system of people that would go, Hey, if things go sideways on your wall, I can step in. Like knowing that I wasn't alone and having to explain, educate, that was the other part is knowing that I wasn't going to have to do it by myself. So I had friends that were like, just tag me in. I'll show up. Mm. Oh, that's so important because um, there there was a situation where I did speak up for something that I, I knew that I wasn't an expert in. However, it felt and I thought about it a lot before I even posted it. Um, and then I got a some backlash from someone who I have no idea how they managed to write on my wall because my privacy settings should have been um like you know for friends only but lo and behold there was someone there and I remember feeling like really taking aback and I at the same time I knew not to retaliate because I know this person was hurting and they probably just chose me as their outlet that day and then there were some friends who chimed in not to defend me per se like it's kind of like oh you know leave me here alone like it was that yes but not in a way that was so obvious but just kind of like providing more of a kind of like a constructive um contribution I guess where it wasn't so obvious one side like oh we're taking make a side on this right yeah um so you're right like having people in your corner especially if you're about to post something that you know could go sideways because of the nature of it is so sensitive um can actually really help to help you access that courage to even post it very much so yeah for sure so you've had your personal experiences with this and so you developed those three steps from your lived experience it sounds like yeah Um, just it's just a combination of I'd found myself giving the same okay here's how to do it here's why you need to do it um I just felt like I'd said the same thing a couple of times and it just made sense to record it yeah yeah so I guess if we were going to go through it kind of uh, through, there are a couple of questions I do want to ask you just to make it like super clear for those of us um, who are listening right now. So what would be your first answer to the question, you know, something's going on, but what if you don't know what to say, but you want to say something? What would you say to that? (laughs) Sometimes saying it just that clearly is enough sometimes the simplest thing is just that thing. So in the case of, of Ahmad Arbery, I just wrote just his name, but I've had and seen other people go, I want to discuss this. This is an issue. This weighs on me. I don't have a solution, but I wanted to create space on it. Or I wanted to just note that this is something I'm learning about. I think often, especially as entrepreneurs um, who do have expertise, people 
go, I don't have it in this thing though. So I can't talk about it. And that's not true. It's just, it's showing up, um, I guess with the word might be humility around it to not expect yourself to be a, a, an actual leader on it, but to create, be willing to create the conversation because that in itself can be very daring. Yeah, it is very daring, especially when um, I, I can appreciate why there are so many of us who are like, I want to do something, but I don't think I'm qualified to hold the space. And what would you, what would you say to, you know, people like us who think that like yes I want to help but I don't know if I'm qualified to hold this space like we know we want more spaces Mm -hmm. to hold conversation like this but who are we to do that right so what would you say to us I think it's such a funny thing that those of us who care so much who recognize our lack of qualifications are the ones that tend to be quieter. And yet the people without qualification at all are the loudest and that causes <laughs> harm. So sometimes it's just a matter of going, okay, I just have to be a voice here. Um, weighing, weighing the potential for, I mean, okay, honestly, the only reason why most people don't do it, myself included, is fear, right? But fear isn't a great reason. Not to say that fear doesn't have so many other potential ramifications, right, of Mm -hmm. of leaning into fear. Um, That obviously is, is important to acknowledge. But if it's just fear and the potential for impact or helping others or other people feeling seen or other people knowing where your heart is on something... Um, then as a business owner who's run by mission, intention, purpose, it just makes, it just seems almost like a necessity to figure out how to do it within your own bounds of, of comfort and stretching the, what's comfortable a little bit at a time. Yeah, that, that is so true. Um, I mean, we, we grow by expanding our comfort zones. I personally am not someone who subscribes to the idea of leaping outside of one's comfort zone but that's because I I see everything through a trauma sensitive lens so as a trauma survivor that's actually very unsafe to do personally however mm-hmm. that's not always the case for everyone <laughs> um but yeah it's that you're, you're right it's that humility that we have like look I may not have all the right answers but I'm committed to trying to find some answers and you know it's kind of like inviting people along for the journey not inviting people for clear-cut answers because there aren't clear-cut answers for sensitive topics right there's incredible nuance that all of us will perceive differently based on our lived experiences our identities right so oh there's just so much and so it's, it's nice to have like even though there isn't a step-by-step that you do have some steps that can be taken yeah out of order <laughs> Yeah. One thing, one thing I like to do as well is, is I will save when I see, because there are experts, especially there's on Instagram, there's beautiful experts in every field that create graphics, Mm. like swipe through graphics that explain all sorts of things. So I love to find those as well, because sometimes it's just easier to, especially if you use Facebook, it's just to download them, give credit, but share them onto Facebook. Um, and sometimes you can just let an expert speak for you. I like to find the ones that have their sources cited and all of that. I like yes. to, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's. The T's yeah. But that uh, that's another way um, 
that utilizing somebody else's expertise can be really helpful. Mm, yeah, I, I completely agree with that because sometimes there, I know there are things that I want to say, but I can't encapsulate it in such a way where it actually comes across as succinct and eloquent. And there's an expert that can absolutely do that and they have the most amazing carousel on Instagram and so what I tend to do um, and something that I learned from you as well is when you share it um, share why you're sharing it because at least then it doesn't feel like it's such a passive thing that you've done but even though you're not the one to speak on it you're the one to shine a light somewhere else but you put in a little part of yourself there like as to why you're sharing it because that will indicate to your audience you know, why it matters to you and therefore to them, um, especially if they are the ones on the receiving end of the the sensitive topic, like whatever is happening in the world, right? So absolutely cite your sources, shine lights on experts <laughs> and just chime in with why you're doing it. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. There are so many different directions that this conversation can go, but um do you have um, any, of course, anonymized, um, do you have any kind of lessons that you've learned along the way, whether it's from your own experiences, like doing this navigation of, um, you know, navigating during sensitive times with your content or maybe a client of yours? Again, you can totally anonymize this. Yeah. Um, that you'd like to share with us today just so that we can learn, because I feel like so many of these things that we're talking about right now are so underground because there's so much potential for it to kind of blow up you know and be like oh gosh I didn't I didn't want to invite all of this in I didn't want to invite in all of these opinions and these judgments this shame and it can feel really vulnerable to be in a position to speak on stuff like this and have that fear of being cancelled like you know being a part of council culture which I personally am not a subscriber of but um do you have any things that you'd like to share with us around like lessons learned from what you've witnessed or pro or what you've experienced along the way Yes. I mean, this is, I was thinking of, of, I have a couple of examples. One interesting. um, So I have a client who her message was deeper than what she was, what she was saying. Um, It was far deeper, but she didn't feel comfortable (laughs) to talk about the other parts. And it took honestly a year for her to finally just get so fed up with herself that she started talking about these deeper bits. Uh, and, and these are identity, uh, religion, like, so very, very potentially controversial. And there was so much that she had to overcome, but that shift made the rest of her work make so much more sense to the audience. Mm. Um, and so that, that's just a, a great example of a deepening of the message. And for her, it's very much still in process. It doesn't mean also that once you start talking about it, sometimes it can feel like a little rubber band. So you're going to stretch it, but unless you hold it there, it's still going to, it's just still going to come back. But you're still, it's like this constant, um, I don't know. I don't know what you would call that sensation. So it's not always a very quick jump shift leap. It can be more gradual and something that you're consistently, oh, I thought I was going to be comfortable by now. And I'm still not right. Um, Something that I had happen recently. um, This is, I'm like, 
how do I explain this? The, the, the shortest version of this is there was a situation on social, a sort of a comedy of errors where I was completely misunderstood. However, by intention on something, however, I don't know who saw it. Only one person mentioned it to me, but it was mentioned to me this situation by a couple of other clients who didn't, who didn't know anything, hadn't seen anything that impacted me, but they just seen it. Right. So I go, okay, there's a situation where I know that I've been misunderstood. I don't know who it's hurting. If it's hurting anybody, do I say something which will then attract attention to the situation that's been deleted? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. what do I, and so for me, I go, okay, Well, my, I mean, I have our values literally on the wall. So kindness, integrity, creativity are kind of the top three. Um, And for me, it was just the integrity and the kindness thing. I could not say anything and go, well, hopefully people know my heart and know where I stand. But that, but silence generally does more harm than good. Um, And I don't appreciate it in reverse. Other people that, that choose silence. So I go, okay, so now I have to say something. I have to draw attention to something. And I have to share my beliefs on something. Um, and I have to do it in a way that doesn't cause harm and takes responsibility. <laughs> that's, that's a tall order right there. <laughs> right. And then I ha- and then I go, and I have to, you know, have the capacity for the responses. So yeah. I, you know, I did, I, I did that and it was, and I got, you know, I got DMs or like, thank you so much for that. Um, but I also had somebody do a post about my post, oh. <laughs> um, mocking it right. because, um, because something that I've discovered is that especially when you identify and you lead with your values, they're not going, you're never going to be understood by everybody, but when you lean into them, you kind of have to really accept being misunderstood. So people will completely misunderstand my kindness for just weakness or, which is fascinating to me because that's not how I view it at all. But it's, it's, I mean, the the peril <laughs> the what happens with visibility because i had to go okay this is a very new level of influence right to go to, to know that something that i've done on social accidentally or not has an impact and that people do expect or want to hear from me on this and then to know that that no matter what i do other people are going to make fun of it agree disagree um there is so <laughs> I feel like I gave a positive example, but then also like this is this is what can happen with I don't even have that much visibility, but I guess I there's enough. Um, and I've worked with enough clients that there are people that are watching us and they want to know yeah. where we stand on things and they they hope that we'll be accountable should we misstep. Yes. Oh gosh. Um Oh, that mockery. Um, that's something I can also relate to as well. And it's it's like you said, there are times where we just have to accept the fact, not just a possibility, but a genuine fact, <laughs> that yeah. there are going to be some people who just 
won't see your intention and they are going to take your intention and twist the impact into something negative and that's not something we can control we will do our best to reduce harm but we can never 100 fully prevent harm because we don't know what other people perceive as harm as well so it's not to say that we want to harm people that's not the case um but our intentions can only go so far and we just have to realize that okay I may have the best intention in all the world, but sometimes <laughs> that's just not going to be enough for some. And it's totally. just, that's just how it is, right? Yeah. And, it's, and it's tough to admit that because, of course, we want to do our best to end, you know, to help as many people as possible. And it kind of like, especially for us, like sensitive souls, our the, the, the empaths as well. It's like, oh, we want, like, you know, we feel everyone's emotions so, so loudly, so amplified. Yeah. And it's really tough. And um I, I appreciate that you also mentioned about having the capacity for responses as well, because that's a responsibility that we need to um that that we need to have as someone who's standing up, stepping up for something. It's like we can't just say something and then go. <laughs> it's like no 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 we gotta say something and kind of like stand there. Yeah. And hold that space for whatever may be coming up for people. Mm -hmm. right and that's that's not easy either (laughs) no (laughs) no it's not that's why I do I do recognize I go that 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 strong the the same things that will generate the most leads are the same that can also require the most capacity yes they do and that's why, you know, this is why I talk about sustainable visibility and capacity all the time. <laughs> it's like, yes. Because there's just so much that is not accounted for. And that's where it can have that crash and burn sort of feeling when we've done something too fast or too soon and we didn't have the support or the systems to kind of like uphold ourselves in the response process from our audience and our clients as well and our peers even. Yeah. So oh, it's a lot. So so Sasha, we, we've gone through you know we've meandered quite a lot around this topic and for those who are listening right now they may be thinking okay I see what's possible the goods and the bads and the in-betweens where can I get started or what's one key takeaway that you recommend that we take away you know from this conversation today I would recommend thinking about what is it that you haven't been saying that you would like to say something about and consider what's a first step. I generally find that current events will just present me with a situation where the first step becomes more clear. But if you've considered it and started to get comfortable with the idea that you will say something about it, uh, that makes it easier. Mm. Yeah, so that's an invitation for all of us to kind of like just go back through our our minds, our, our memories, or anything that may you may have kind of like sat on the sidelines for that you might want to take, you know, what, what was it um, in relay races? What's it called? The baton, like taking the baton, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. Um, I was going to say pass the torch, but baton, the whole baton thing, it kind of <laughs> indicates teamwork, which is something that we need more of you know collaboration and teamwork because these aren't things that we should go through alone in my opinion it's something to definitely invite others to be a part of and take it in turns 
um, supporting each other and taking it in terms of speaking as well. So yes, yes to that invitation. If not something in our past, then just looking at current events and seeing what sparks something in you. Because um, I'm I'm similar to uh, you in the sense that sometimes these situations present themselves to me and I'm like, okay, how am I responding to this? Why am I responding this way? What is the lesson here? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yes, and taking that step. So that's our first part. And of course, we've we mentioned your masterclass quite a lot in this conversation, <laughs> which I think is going to be a, a, a fantastic guidance for those who are like, okay, I want to do this. I just want to kind of like hear a bit more about how we can do that. So share all the links. Where can we find you in the masterclass, um, on socials, where we can witness you in real time and to support you and all of those things. Oh my goodness. So I legitimately have no idea where the masterclass link is, but I will find <laughs> it and then I will give you the link. But what else I'll do is I'll post it in our Facebook group. Um, that link is easy. That's group dot what's good with two use dot co group dot what's good dot co. That's our Facebook group, which is the, the home of everything. Um, and that's just the easiest way to find us. But yeah, I will post that masterclass link in there because it's no. always it's it's always it's always relevant. Yes, it's a timeless masterclass, which is perfect, <laughs> right? And no worries about the precise URL. So for everyone who's listening, like, uh, what what was that URL just just now? <laughs> no worries, got I got all of you in the um in the show notes section of this episode. So no worries. So I'll make sure to post the uh, to the Facebook group and you know to the masterclass link when I find that link. <laughs> So no worries, got you. I'm right. the unsafe person that's scrounging for a pencil and a napkin while listening to a ma- like a podcast. Why? The link is always in the notes. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> it's just, well, some people, it's kind of like uh, when someone asks me to spell something, I need to write it down instead of <laughs> verbalizing it. Because I'm, when I verbalize it, I'm like, uh, like I would do so bad if there were spelling bees. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a thing in the UK to have spelling bees. I don't think there, we have spelling tests. Sure, okay. I don't think we have spelling bees though. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So if, if spelling bees was a thing here, I would so not sign up. <laughs> okay. That's funny. But I'm like, but if I can spell it on a whiteboard, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. But yes, thank you. So as we start wrapping up, Sasha, I've got two final questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So number one is what makes you a quiet rebel? The fact that none of my work comes easily or naturally or or with comfort. Uh, everything around visibility and making a difference is feels very bold and scary and unnatural for me. Um, so finding ways to do it that work for me and, yes, expanding my comfort so that I can... Uh, have a greater impact I feel like that's why I'm a quiet rebel Ooh, I don't think we've ever had a guest like speak from it from that perspective which is why I love asking this question it's like everyone's interpretation and how there's no one-size-fits-all definition so thank you so much for sharing yours and my final question for you is this what is one weird fact or a fun story about you that no one else knows on the internet I would say that I placed eighth in the state of California in high jump. Oh, high jump. <laughs> oh. I oh, did gosh. all of the sprints and jumps all the way through. So for seven years, so through junior college. Um, so I could pole vault and 
high jump and triple jump and all of the jumps. Wow, that is so cool. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to visualize what all of those types of things mean. So I'm, my mind is going straight to the Mario and Sonic Olympic Games on Wii, uh, the 2008 oh version. <laughs> And there are like, you know, the track and field types of exercises. And um, yes, I remember doing all those. And my character did great. But me, Very nice. My, my, yeah, my character, but my actual <laughs> body in real life going to, you know, doing gymnastics, um, you know, in our PE lessons. No, <laughs> like I would always knock over the bar. So thank you so much for sharing that fact about you. That is so, so cool. <laughs> All right. So all in all, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today, Sasha. Thank you so, so much for just sharing your experiences and that one in particular, like sharing your experiences, because that has, it's been clear to me that your experiences have really informed the way that you show up and the way you guide your clients and lead conversations that aren't always the most comfortable. And so I just so, so appreciate you sharing all of your experience and wisdom with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of the Quiet Rebels podcast today. For any links that have been mentioned in the episode, you can absolutely find them in the show notes below. And two final things before we wrap up for today. Number one, if you do like the vibe and you're pretty new here and you're thinking, hmm, I actually might want to stick around to see what else comes up here, then I totally invite you to hit the subscribe button. And number two, if you'd like to invite your friends and to help me spread the word to other Quiet Rebels out there who have yet to find our incredible community then it would really help if you would leave us a review so whichever app you're listening to this episode on all you'd need to do is scroll to the bottom and there will be an option to write a review any words will be incredibly appreciated so thank you so much in advance if you decide to do that that's everything for today so thank you again for joining us and i hope that you join us next time so until then bye for now